My biggest influence at the start probably was my girlfriend. She said, all right, just go for it. You have nothing to lose. People came up to me and was like, man, you have to be so happy. Everything's going so well. But I wasn't. You're so focused on like growing and next goal, next goal, next goal that you absolutely have no time to realize how far your progress already been. Curiosity and investigation. If you want to succeed in the practice of concentration, make it interesting. If you're interested enough in the object of your focus, concentration will be easy and you can touch the deepest level of your consciousness. Understanding is a fruit of mindfulness and concentration. If you are not interested in something, you can never understand it. If you are interested in someone, you can never understand them. If you are interested in them deeply, you will be mindful and concentrated, and it will be easy to find out all about them. When you are interested in something, when something is important to you, everything becomes interesting. A leaf, a pebble, a cloud, a pond, a person, a situation, your child. You feel eager to look deeply into all of these things. Francisco, this is a book called How to Focus, written by a so-called uh, Zen master that teaches us uh, everything about how to focus. And uh, focusing is something you've been doing in the past year, especially, uh, if I may say, especially on filmmaking. Uh, you've made crazy, crazy, crazy progress when it comes to creating movies, films, reels, and you've been doing that in such a short period of time. So I'd like to give this to you. Great. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. It's a Thank pleasure. Thank you very much. We have so much to talk about, so I'll get right into it. Hey guys, how's everyone doing? We're doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. And today, we're here with a brand new episode of The Success Show. Today, we're here at the State of Mind pop-up, and we're joined by Francisco. So, uh, let's get right into it. I just yeah. talked about uh, the crazy progress you've been making. Could you tell us some more about yourself and how that... Uh, how this all came together. So uh, first of all, Yunus, thank you for having me it's a on pleasure. this podcast. Pleasure to be here. Um, well, so I, it's, I can't really describe how everything happened last year. It just went by so fast and it was a crazy year for me f in terms of mindset and passion and, you know, just develop, just developing. Um, well, I think we all know how it started. Um, I, I started in January picking up a camera. I had it home. Um, and I always was inspired by a few, um, but I wanted to create my own, my own vision. So um, I knew I had this camera at home and I was just going to go for it. I was like, I, t I started Project 50 and I said to myself, look, I can do it with a phone and it's probably easier, but I will, I will go for it and I will try to create a process and I will pick up the camera and just go and just try it. So um, I had no ideas about camera. I've never touched one in my life. I maybe did a few photos, but never filmed anything. We're talking about the beginning of January, right? This yeah. year. I wanted to start on the 1st of January um, with Project 50. You know, new, new, new year, new beginning. I wanted to create, it, create something and start a challenge which helps to um, just create the life I want to have. And so, but then I caught COVID and I was out for two or three weeks. And then I said to myself, look, doesn't matter. I just go for it. So I started end of January. Uh, post my first my first Project 50 video with a camera. Um, to be honest, I didn't think I would do so well, <laughs> but I was really happy with the result. Now, if I look back, it's not pretty good, but I was happy at that time. And I always had some problems, you know, like why was my lighting not that good? Um, why is the quality went down? Um, I didn't like the, the I didn't like the, like the motion blur. I didn't like you know the angle of the picture. How can I influence all of that? So I started learning about what um, you know um, what features does my camera have? How can I change my picture? How can I create my own look? 
how can I start having the video I want to have. Before you continue watching, please consider subscribing and hitting the notification bell so you never miss a future upload. So it was just basically learning by doing. I was filming every day, you know, 50 day challenge. So I had to keep on the progress for 50 days. Um, so did I with cameras. And I started to learn about something new every day because, you know, when I filmed outside, I had a problem. Oh, why is it so brightened up? I can't, I can't, you know, I can't um, darken the camera even more. So I read about ND filters. Okay, now I have an ND filter. I fixed that problem. Then, okay, why, like, I don't like the motion blur or I don't like the, the, the image of the picture. Okay, so now I had, I know, I knew about, I learned about aperture, learned about shutter speed, learned about what lenses do have what effect, so what aperture does to your image, learned all about that. Then I wasn't happy with my lightning. I learned about lightning, um, like com like complement colors, non-complement colors, um, all of that. It was kind of a progress, which, which I had to learn doing Project 50 every day, and I was learning by filming. Um, and you know, on Project 50, most of the people who did Project 50 actually like, like, and produced like in forehand, but I just filmed and produced and edited on the same day, posted on the same day. Um, Due to a few reasons, I think the first reason was I was, <laughs> I just wanted to go for it, and the second reason was, um, I was maybe I didn't really, I was like I started project pretty spontaneously because I felt really good after COVID, so I went okay, I'm gonna start tomorrow, and yeah, then I just kept on going. Because how is your workflow looking back then? Because you. Like it looks like a crazy busy schedule because not only are you doing all the tasks that are part of Project Fifty, yeah. you're also studying geoengineering, um, uh, I, if I'm correct, and you're also learning about all the f like film things. And when you're filming on your camera, you have to import into your laptop, you have to edit yeah. there. It takes yeah. way more time. So how, how are the days looking? Did you get any sleep? Um, how are you doing it with your health, like food? Um, so food, I had I had to, I had the luxury that I was still living at home back then. Okay. So my mom always cooked dinner for me which was really helpful <laughs> um, in terms of studying. Like I spent most of the like day, like between 10 and 2 or 3 p.m. I spent it at the, in the university and maybe doing one or two homes work, but it was maybe one hour at home. Um, at editing in terms of point, that that is probably what changed the most because during Project 50, I didn't edit on my computer. I edited on my phone. Okay. So what I did is I... Um, I imported the camera clips to my laptop and then add dropped the images of my laptop to my phone just to okay. edit on my phone because I wasn't confident in any type of editing software. I use CapCut, you know CapCut? Yeah, yeah of course. Pretty easy software, but does does the job well, to be honest, does a really good job. So if you want to start just cut it cutting, use CapCut or v VN, it's also really good. And that's what I did. I imported camera clips on my um <laughs> from my MacBook to my phone just to edit on my phone yeah you can imagine at some point i had some storage issues yeah, all of us <laughs> everyone yeah. project 50 knows this <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was at some point i think at day 30 or 40 where i imported exported the video and deleted everything i had on my phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just happens it's it's just the way it is um because i didn't have any external storage place that's something also something i learned um yeah, it was really stressful if I look back now, but it was worth it. And and, and did you have time to also finish all the tasks that are part of Project 50? Yeah, so um, waking up early yeah. was pretty easy um, at this point because I knew I had a lot to do. And what I did is I um, 
I started with the things that I knew would take the longest. So I started, I woke up, started with the, um, with the uh, gym session or like or any type of sporting session. Yeah. Then either I went to work or went to university. And then I came home and started like, you know, reviewing footage, filming more necessary footage at home, you know, how I study, how I, you know, how I cook or whatever. And then at about four or five or six p.m. I started editing and sometimes you know i wasn't really happy with the edit and i wasn't happy with the colors so i just looked it up and i was about i was posting always about 8 8 p.m at night and then i was you know i was still um had a few hours left before sleep so i did that rest like sleeping and and i always like i did project 50 you know how you have to learn one new skill every yeah. day so in my terms i just focus on filmmaking yeah so how i improved my videos every day that was my one hour of, of skill. Crazy. Yeah. And and then I'm just going to take a leap forward in time. You went from uh, doing Project 50 and filming for yourself to actually working with brands with, uh, just to mention a few, GT Masters, DTM, the Career Cup. How did that switch happen? Because I can imagine besides the filmmaking, you also picked up some very good habits on the way, right? That, you know, changed your mindset. Uh, impacted the way you look at things, your workflow. Yeah. Uh, those race weekends, I can imagine, are super, super intense. You need to be sharp for like a few days, right? Like, yeah. Could you tell us more about that? So the switch kind of happened um, when I finished Project 50. Um, I, I started, I, you know, it was my routine. Filming was my routine. So after Project 50, I think on the last day, I went to uh, Spain, to Fuerteventura, to Canary Islands with my girlfriend. Um, and I also filmed there the whole time. She was like, don't you want to take a break? I was like, no, it's I just want to film. It was part of my routine. And after I came back, her brother, actually, he's a racing driver in the GT Masters. Okay. And his sponsors and himself, they saw that what I was doing on Project 50 and how like, you know, my social media growth was always go was still going on and how I improved my, my quality image and pictures. And they said they wanted to try out with something social media because these are like his sponsors are big brands. Um. And they wanted to try, you know, try some new marketing. And they saw how well, like, Instagram Reels and, like, all the social media type of marketing is going. So they said, look, we want to give it a chance to actually promote the driver, the sponsors this season. And we would give you a full season, um, season like, ride, something, like like a contract yeah. that you film for the driver the whole season. But you have to, like, you know, bring in sponsor images and stuff. So I have to always, like, show, like... A sponsor images yeah the logos um, and everything yeah the logos like during the videos which is yeah yeah it's fine so of course but, yeah of course it's i mean it, it's it's their contract and so i will but i still had an amateur setup i had like this little joby tripod for like 30 dollars uh, for like 30 euros i had my camera which is pretty beginner camera and um then i was like okay this is a big chance I'm just gonna go for it. So I invested all the money I have. I didn't have much. I was I was working in a winery shop. I was just like a driver, like um, d delivering wine <laughs> for people. Yeah. So I had about I think, it, I think about thousand dollars, like thousand euros on my um, bank account. <laughs> so I just spent seven hundred or eight hundred of them for the gear, <laughs> and the recommendation was paid, and my um, I got the car for my dad. Because the racing track was only one hour, one hour um, away, and I, I got the car with a full, full, uh, full get tank, so I didn't have to pay any fuel. 
And then, okay, I'm just going to go for it. And that was the first weekend where I actually started filming racing cars. I'd never been on a racetrack before. And I did the work for the weekend. The crazy part now is that was also the weekend where I switched my editing software. So I, w so I went from CapCut to Premiere Pro, which is one of the most complicated and like professional editing softwares there is. Um, and I, I downloaded it, I think, four days in before. <laughs> and I had to post, you know, I came there on Thursday, a Thursday night, had to post the first video of the footage on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I had to post three videos on three days without knowing like the editing software for, I think, four, eight, four days at max. There were some long nights. It was some long nights, some long editing, and I had to post the videos on the same day. So I, I was filming all the footage on Friday, and I had to export it and send it to him on Friday about 7, 7, 8 p.m. Um, it was stressful, really stressful. Uh, but I had a few, you know, Florentin Becker, he was a really big help. Um, I always called him when I was in racetrack, like the first weekend. I called him, and I said, bro, I don't know what to do. How can I import this? How can I do this? How can I do this? And, uh, you know, it wasn't just like edit, editing clips. Like like editing like editing together. It was I used speed ramps. I used um, color correction, um, warp stabilizer. It was like things that you actually need to know what it what it does. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty stressful. Not gonna lie, that was probably one of the most stressful weekends in my life because I knew if the sponsors don't like it, then all the money's gone <laughs> and the opportunity's gone. Um, so I went went all in. I did it for a whole weekend, and they were happy. It's crazy because, if I understand correctly, you took two different risks. Not only did you invest all your money uh, into gear, you also took on a very big uh, project that you did not really have the capacity to take on. Where you were like, "No, I'm going to do it because otherwise, yeah. Yeah. like the chance will will go away." Was buying all the gear and investing all your money into the gear a way to like artificially pressure yourself into wanting to do it a lot? Because I feel like you don't really give yourself a chance, like a choice afterwards, because you're like, okay, all my money is in this. I have to make it work. Yeah. No, I knew that I. Um, I mean, I did Project Fifty filming with a camera every day, and I loved it. I loved every single every single second of Project Fifty. I just loved it and loved like posting the videos, seeing my work. I did, like I, to be honest, I didn't really care about the like about like how many likes or how many comments. I, I mean, I did it for thirty days before it started blowing up. Um, and I knew, look, I'm going to love this, and I'm, it's a great opportunity. Either way, I'm going to get it, I'm not going to get it. I'm, I'm the type of person, it's just going to happen. I'm, the, I'm not the type of person who's like actually worried about things. If it's happened, it's going to happen. If not, it's, gonna, it's not going to happen. So my girlfriend's dad, he always says something, and it's the, the moment she told me, that, like I heard it, it was really true. He said, everything that happens in life is not wrong. So there's always an after effect of one missed opportunity. And I just thought of that. I was like, all right, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Who cares? I have the gear. I can sell or I can keep it or go for other projects. But yeah, uh, fortunately, it, it worked. And I was really happy. And if I look at the results now, it's crazy that it works. Because I think they, <laughs> to be honest, I think they're absolutely dog shit. But yeah, who cares? And um, yeah, you know, one thing I, I, I talked about earlier this day, because someone down on the store, uh, she asked me, how was it for me coming up like in such a big racing league? Because this racing league is the biggest in Germany. Um, and to start at that point is really hard because the people who are there are like m most professionals. So they do it for years. They've been doing it the whole life. They live from that. And 
I was this one guy, never been in a racetrack. I came with a thousand dollar gear or like two thousand five hundred dollar gear. They all had like the best gear days. Gimbals, <laughs> yeah, everything gimbals, was there. Every, like, I had, like I bought a gimbal. That's a, that's what I, that was the eight hundred euros. Okay. So I bought a gimbal, but I had the shittiest camera. I had I had the shittiest lens. Yeah. I had like I didn't even have a proper bag. So um, you know, it was funny because all these guys that worked in the media or like all the videographers, they they looked at me and was like, "What is this guy doing here?" You know, like no one knew me and yeah. and funny thing, like I'm gonna just go forward a little bit, please. Um, on the last race weekend, about one month ago, my, look, my gear looked different. You know how because things are well are going well, and actually three or four guys came to me and I was like, "Dude, we love your content. We love what you do. It's so crazy that you're here." It's, it's like it's, it was just unimaginable because I was at this point where everyone looked at me like, "What is this guy doing here?" He he's, he's, he doesn't even have any like not the best camera. He doesn't do anything to the point where people actually came up to me and like admiring my work, complimenting me for my work and what I'm doing. That was that was like that was a crazy crazy switch because I've never realized how much progress I was doing until this point because it was, I mean I was always there was always another race weekend another client another another point where I had to perform and I never really took the time to realize how much I have made progress you were always doing you, were, yeah. you didn't have time to reflect on uh, yeah yeah and I always knew there was more work coming and this was a kind of after this weekend. I kind of wasn't a flash. Like people who worked here for years are coming up to me, like to this guy who just started a few months ago and like saying, bro, we love your work. We love <laughs> the content. We, your images are crazy. Your visuals are crazy. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is real. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. Like this is, this is insane. And yeah, insane moment. Because when you were younger, did you always know you wanted to become a videographer or someone that works in the media industry? Or did you have completely other dreams? Because you're studying something that has nothing to do with this, right? Uh, yeah. It, 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 no, it was, I was... I mean, I was always... <clears throat> when, I, when I was young, between 14 and like 18, I wanted to become a rugby player because I still play rugby. Yeah. So I wanted to become a rugby player, but unfortunately that hasn't worked out. And I was kind of like um, between 18 and I think 20 or 21. I mean, I'm, that was last year. I was kind of trapped into a like lost zone. I didn't know what to do with my life because I was just, you know, studying and like, you know, the the life that everyone in our age has probably, or the most people have. They're just going to university because they had to study something to be successful, you know. And I was just kind of lost. Um, and I was always influenced by people like Jeff Ress or something, you know. I always watched the videos and or like David Dobrik or. Um, there's one guy. He's not really famous, but it's called um, Shibi Shibi Size. He also does, does some. I was always influenced by like some travel videos or some really good life visuals. Lifestyle was always the thing for me that inspired me. Yeah. Um. So I was influenced by them, but it was not planned to be, you know, to be a filmmaker. And and you 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 quickly mentioned your your surroundings, right? You mentioned Florian. You mentioned your uh, your girlfriend's dad. Those people all contributed to you yeah. becoming into in, in what you are now. Could you talk some? Could you talk a little bit about the importance of having the right circle? I, I can imagine that Project Fifty has also helped with that because yeah. we're sitting here in the in the state of mind pop up. We have crazy people downstairs. People that have done triathlons. People that have done people that have done half marathons. Like everything. Yeah. So I was definitely influenced by a lot of people, but I have a close circle. So I'm talking about a handful of people. My biggest influence at the start probably was my girlfriend. Because as I said, I was kind of lost in this zone. I was, 
I was studying, but I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I was working a, for a driver as a, for like a winery shop, like getting I think the lowest pay rate there is. You know, I, I mean it's it's normal for our age, you know. But it was not really what I wanted to do. Um, I always knew that. And she she has a really strong mindset, and she said, "Look, you have fun. You have fun like doing videos. Just you know, there's this guy Nico and Ben. Look at these guys. Just start Project Fifty. Maybe you will like it. Maybe you won't." I was like, mm, "I don't know. Should I do it? Should I start posting? What if people think of me? That's weird. You know, all that typical type." And um, yeah, she probably had the biggest influence at the start. She said, "All right, just go for it. You have nothing to lose." I'm actually going to quote something that, that you wrote uh, with regards to her. Thank you for seeing my potential before I even saw it myself. One year ago, I was a boy without a vision and a plan. Your contagious mindset showed me that I'm capable to achieve anything I want and to aim for things beyond my own imagination, pushing me to do more in every aspect of the day, but also giving me a safe space to have a clear vision. Like, first of all, I think you're a great boyfriend, if I read this like this. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, could you tell me some more about the relation you have with her and, and how that has impacted you? Because I can also imagine that when you're doing so much, it is super hard to uh, maintain a relationship because yeah. you're not home often, you're either studying or you're filming or you're gone for the weekend. How is that dynamic? Um, well, there's another tricky point. We have a long-distance relationship. Okay. So she lives in Munich, I live in Berlin. and But I spent a lot of time, over like in the last year, with her. Now it's a bit more tricky, but we still see each other like every second week or so. So it's really good. We we try to keep up, you know, that's, um, I have one or two like cons consistencies like in my life. One, she's definitely one of it. So I have to see her once a month at least um, just to keep that, you know, just that energy. Um, otherwise, you get trapped into like that zone of just working and working and working. You have to have some safe space. And she definitely is my safe space. Um, and... Yeah, as I said, she she was the one who like encouraged me to start Project 50, to start changing my life because she knew I could do more than I'm doing right now. And she has it probably from a from family. She comes from a very strong mindset family. I mean, her brother is a racing driver, which um, is a huge success if you're not from like... I mean, if you look at the racing driver history, look at the Formula 1 drivers, Max Verstappen. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Max Verstappen, but his family is super rich. Lennon Norris, his dad is the second richest man in Wales. Charles Leclerc lives in Monaco on a yacht. I mean, if you if you see in the history of those drivers, they all have really like wealthy families. Yeah, and he's I mean he's not coming from a poor family, but to make it in a big racing league, you have to be you have to have a lot of money to actually make it. And he made it without parents' money. He like two sponsors and like successing and you know. And um, I think to to. To, to do that, you have to have a strong mindset and a really hard work effort. And she kind of um, reflected that on me. So she told me, look, you can do much more than you do right now. You're like way under, you're like way below your league. And I was like, all right, maybe you're right. So I started Project 50 and that was kind of what all this, like how it all started. And also on my first day on Project 50, uh, Ben texted me or I texted Ben, like, Funny thing is, we texted each other on the same day, but without knowing, he texted me on um, Telegram and I texted him on Instagram. Okay. So, and um, then we, because he's living in Potsdam, I live in Berlin, it's like a half an hour away. So we met We met up on my first day on Project 50. Um, did, did you know each other before that? 
Pardon? Uh, did you know each other before that? You and Ben and Nico, like, were you already friends or? No, I didn't know Ben. Crazy. So I was just texting him. I was like, yo, look, bro, I saw you in the Project 50 group. I saw you the only one from Berlin. Do you want to meet up? And I was like, yeah, sure. Funny thing is, at this point, I didn't know it was his brand. <laughs> I didn't know it was his brand because how Nico is like, at this point, was more type of like the, the representative and the visual guy. So I always knew, I always thought it was Nico's brand. Yeah. So when I met up with, when I met, met up with him, I found out it was his brand. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, then, um, yeah, we talked and he was like, look, I think you're doing great. You wanted to start with the camera. Just pursue it. Just just follow it. Um, first video is looking great. So I, he was like, yeah, just go for it. If you really push through, I'm sure something, I'm sure you will go far. I was like, yeah, you're right. And then this was kind of also where the friendship between me and Ben happened. Because, you know, we met up during Party 50, going to the gym, um, talking. He gave me a lot of tips and stuff. Um, now Ben is one of my best friends and I'm supporting him in every way. You know, I'm, I, I came here to Vienna. I um, s helped all Thursday night. Came yesterday here at 6 a.m., like building all the store, spending here the whole day. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help, like, getting everything out tonight. So I kind, I kind of want to pay back what he gave to me, like, in terms of mindset and um, also his advices for me, which really brought me far. It's crazy because what I'm hearing now is a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of uh, putting yourself out there and very little time for yourself. I mean, you already mentioned that it took a lot of time for you to actually see, oh, I came so far. When you mentioned uh, the race weekend and the people coming up to you. How do you balance that? Because there's this uh, phenomenon called yeah. work-life balance. Is that something that you're familiar with or you're like, fuck that, I only do, uh, <laughs> I only work? <laughs> well, currently, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the second one. Um, but... Um, you know, I kind of realized because after the last race weekend, I had a little, I'm not going to say burnout, but I had like symptoms of it. I was really close to it. Because what most people think or what most people thought, actually people came up to me and was like, man, you have to be so happy. Everything's going so well. But I wasn't. I was, funny thing is when the filming thing was on the highest peak, I felt the, the worst. Because there's this, I forgot the name. There's a study. Um, about learning process and it's curve and the curve the kind G curve of, the P curve you know and it kind of goes like this when you're not when you're high and then you have a big a big low yeah and after project 50 i was here i was feeling great i was like man i love filming it's going so well i just see the process and as soon as the racing thing started and i knew how much more there is to learn and how far i have to get to be on that level and what i else need in terms of equipment editing skills color grading uh, plugins, knowledge, angles, you know, all that. I was down here. I was like, man, I can't, I can't keep up with this. I have to be better. I have to, I have to be faster. I have to, you know, because I had to, I filmed all day on Friday and Saturday and Sunday and I had to always post the video on the same day. So, because it's, you know, for the drivers, it's important because the race weekend goes far really quickly. So the output has to come really fast. And, you know, for a guy who only uses editing software for a few few weeks, it was so stressful. And that kind of when I fell into the low and I always saw work of like the best filmmakers. And I was like, man, I want to be there, but I'm not there. And it kind of dragged me down mentally because I didn't, that's also one thing. I didn't see the process I've made because I was so focused on being there when I started here and I'm already here. You're but always wanna, chasing the next high. Yeah, I'm always chasing the next thing. And that's what I think dragged me down mentally. 
and that's why I was so close to burnout. Even though this thing was going so well, like so many people would love to have the chance I, I had. And I didn't really appreciate it. I didn't appreciate the time. Um, that was one of the reasons because I've learned everything so quickly and had to learn it so quickly to level up, to be on that level where I want to be because I don't want to be average in what I'm doing. I want to be the best. I want to, I want to be above everyone. Or I want to have my work, which, def which defines me and which people see it and they're like, yeah, Francisco did this. That's where I want to be. And because I wanted to be there so quick, th that's why I didn't really realize the progress I've made. I was so trapped on that one goal that I didn't see where I already am. And that's, that's a really big trap of that Haslam growth mindset, which a lot of people don't really recognize or like don't really realize. I've talked with, I talked with Ben about this for hours. Like Ben and me, we actually talk a lot about stuff like this. And that's, that's a negative point of self-growth and mindset a lot of people don't really talk about. You're so focused on, on like growing and, you know, next goal, next goal, next goal and like being there where you want to be that you absolutely have no time to realize how far your progress already been. So you, that's, so when one thing doesn't go well, you think you're at zero, but you're already much, much higher than before. And you kind of drag yourself so down. Um, that's really toxic, in my opinion. So I love what I'm doing right now, but you have to stop be focused on that one huge goal when you forget the whole process that made that, that brought you there um yeah so i didn't really have time to realize anything i've done because of that because i was so, so focused on that one goal that i forgot everything else and when it didn't work out i thought i was at ground zero but i've already achieved so much and you don't realize that And, and was there something that you fundamentally changed in your in your workflow after you had that re realization? Because, for example, people meditate. Uh, some people do like self scans, like type of meditation. Uh, how have you implemented that into your workflow in order to uh, always have that realization that you're always you're, that you're working and that it's going well, but that you shouldn't get lost in in that like yeah. hustler's mentality uh, workflow? Um, so one fundament, so one fundament I've definitely changed is like going out I don't go out anymore like I meet up with friends like you know Ben but when we when we meet like we go to gym or we go running or we um, talk about stuff or maybe like go for a coffee or something but I don't go to bars anymore I don't go to clubs anymore um, and I think I saved so much time through that like if I spend because like going out partying is fun and of course you have to do it sometimes you know to, to, to live your life But one party night drags you down for another two, three to four days because your body has to recover so much and yeah. your mind has to recover that these three or four days are just, you're just unproductive and it's kind of wasted. So I didn't have the time to actually go and I didn't want to. It was not, it was not like I was forcing myself not to go. It was more, I didn't want to go anymore because I knew I need to perform on the next day. And that was a, also a big point in my relationship with my girlfriend that changed because she's she's two years young, younger than me she's uh, in college like uh, two, I think two semesters or three semesters below me so she's in that like yeah let's go out let's have fun let's party and stuff and I was like no I don't I don't want to and because she didn't um, she didn't met like like when we met each other the first time you know, when, you know when we get to know each other I was I was a party guy 
I was the guy who said, let's go party tonight. Let's, let's, let's drink, let's do this. And it's totally changed. And that's, I think that's a big fundamental change I had. Yeah. Has it given you more time to uh, reflect on everything you're doing? Um, um, well, mm, yes and no. So instead of partying, now I edit videos or do anything else. Yeah. So um, the biggest change probably is that I feel much better now. Like my mind and my body feel so much better. And uh, actually I went partying last week just because now I'm at this point... I've worked through the whole summer. I, I, like, I, 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 we haven't talked about this, but I leveled up three racing leagues. So I, I'm working for the three biggest racing leagues this year. And as I said, I just started. So GTMAS is like the biggest German racing league. Carrera Cup is the biggest Porsche racing racing league. And DTM is the biggest international car GT racing league there is. Um, and I work for all of them. And for big factories, like I worked for Lamborghini factory drivers, Audi factory drivers, um, Porsche factory drivers, also for Porsche team. So big, big brands and also names in this industry. Um, so that shows how much time I've spent like learning all the skills I had right now. And I didn't, I didn't really re reflect on it. No, I didn't. The biggest change was just I had more time and I felt better the next day. Okay. Because I went, as I said, I went partying last last week. Bro, I felt so shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, bro. I was I was feeling horrible. I was feeling horrible the next day, just because I'm such a lightweight now with alcohol, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt horrible. Yeah, and and you you you're mentioning all these big names, uh, all the the clients you're working with. You're mentioning this, and it just makes me curious. What's next? What are your upcoming goals? And Perhaps that's the first question. Second one will be, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. So the goal is Formula One. That's a big goal. I'm it's clear, Formula One. Clear, clear goal, clear vision, Formula One. I want to work for a Formula One team, 100%. That's, that's where I want to be. Is there a team that, that you're aiming for specifically? or? Um, well, there are a few teams I would love to, but I'm happy with any team. Yeah. yeah. Great. And it's, it's just the surroundings and just the experience. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And and in what time do you have a time frame attached to that? In, in which you want to attain that, or you just like I'm just gonna go and. So I have, I have my own time frame. Uh, next two years. Next two years. Next two years. I want to be a guy that started from zero and went to the top in, in two years. That's, That's crazy. And and what are some daily habits that you have implemented into your life? Obviously, we have Project Fifty. <coughs> uh, what are some daily habits that you have implemented that have actually? Uh, giving you the power to do this because besides all the, the filming and the knowledge that you have about cameras it's also like everything that has to do with like taking care of yourself your body taking vitamins perhaps what are, what are some things that you've implemented that have helped you attain this always going forward mentality um, so I think I have I think um, implemented like not on purpose I edit every day because there's I realized that last week you know Be Real the app yeah Every almost every be real I have is on my laptop editing. <laughs> it's like the funniest thing ever is um, that's one probably one habit I have right now, and I, it's just ongoing. And um, the second habit is I just started last month. I, I saw how Ben is like always running, and Ben has made huge progress with his body. Like he lost about ten to eleven kilos, and he looks really fit, and he's a good runner now. And he wasn't the guy who's like he's not a runner guy. Like when I met him. He was not a runner guy, trust me. He was he was not a runner. And he's done so much progress through running in his mind. I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. And then last, I think last month, one month ago, 
I, you know, I got another run as well. I'm really another runner. Like, um, and I started running now every month, uh, every day, every morning. That's the first thing I do when I wake up. Uh, so that's what I wanted to. That's what that was what I wanted to achieve. That was what I wanted to get into my routine. Wake up every day at I don't know, seven thirty, seven forty-five, uh, before eight a.m. and um, no, no eating, no drinking. Waking up, putting on the shoes, run. Like three to five kilometers. That was, that was the thing I wanted to achieve. And then come home, then start a day. Drink a coffee, make my breakfast, and get ready for the day. Um, and I now see the progress because when I started running, I couldn't run three kilometers without like painting and pains and cramps and stuff. Now, like I have with Ben and, um, and like friends, I've run like 10 kilometers in good times. Like I was 510, 5'10 on like 510 pace. Um, so really good times in one month. So I started doing this every day. I mean, not seven times a week, of course, because I bet five to six times a week. And yeah, that's, I feel much better now. I feel like I feel like my body is more, it's kind of, and more adapting to it, and I feel really good. So that's that's a good thing. Have you experienced that runner's high that a lot of people talk about? Like when they run for a little bit and afterwards you get like in a, like almost like a meditation state. Yeah, I've, I've, but I've only experienced it in the last last two weeks, because um, three weeks ago I ran my first ten kilometers and. When I started running, I said, I was, look, I, I told you, I, mean, I couldn't even run three kilometers. And um, I told Ben, and Ben wanted to run with me. All right, Ben wanted to run. He said, okay, let's go for a run. I was like, oh, man, I'm not there yet. And then he said, okay, we go for five. I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'll do three. And he said, oh, we go for five. I was like, okay, good. We go for five. I can't promise anything. Okay. And that's a really funny story. It was about three years ago. Then we went for a run. And I didn't have my phone. I didn't. Have, I didn't have anything. And you know, we went in Potsdam. Potsdam is just a big, long straight and like a few curves. And so I can't really like, um, like can't really like, really, you know, um, don't really, you really can. Fuck, I forgot the word. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really like. Um, what, what was the word? Uh, fuck. Shit. Ale. Uh, now, um, situate yourself. You don't know where you are. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't really situate like where you are or how fun or how far you have to run. So I told him, okay, let's do five. Like, I will do five at max. I can't do more. And then we kept running, and he pushed me. And after after a few minutes, I, I like I felt how like my my calves were burning. They were burning. I, c I couldn't run. I said like, let's go, let's go. And then at some point, my I couldn't feel my feet anymore. Like my feet were numb. I couldn't feel them. And I was like, okay. It's better now because I can't feel them anymore, right? So I, I kept on, I, I kept on running, um, and I thought we we're like at five kilometers. And at this point, where you know I couldn't feel my feet anymore, it was like I was like a, I was like um, non, like non-stop, uh, non-stop like um, circle, you know. I could run, I could run, I could run, I could run, I could run. You know, the same guy who said one hour before he can only run five, five, isn't. It's now like running without any break. Unstoppable. Yeah. And we ran like 10 in a good time. Really good time. Did you know you were running 10? No. I thought we were running five. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so this guy tricked me into running 10. And I told him, and I said, okay, I, will, I can only run five at max. And when it comes to that, have you, like, do you also have now goals attached to running? Do you also want to do like half marathons, marathons? Like? That's actually what I talked with Ben about last week. You know, I started running because I saw how well Ben is doing. 
and as and you know I was mentally I was feeling a little low, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna start it as well, but with no goal, just get fit, be better at running. But in the last few weeks, I, it really came up to my mind that I maybe want to do a marathon or even a triathlon. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, because I'm I'm here with my producer, and we also like we uh, we had a goal we wanted to do a half marathon, and we didn't train for it. We did zero training. Like yeah. I I ran. 10 kilometers when I was like 14 for like a school event yeah. and they were like yeah let's just go to sign up and we just did it also like we were just running and we ended up doing it in two hours and 20 which is not the best time but we didn't stop at yeah. no moment and right after that I also felt like like I was thinking about all different business ideas like everything and it's so weird how like sports and like your mind is connected because yeah. you you feel like something changes I mean I know that it's also like scientific meaning behind it with like endorphins and everything but it's crazy how sports can have such a big impact on yeah. on your life and the way you you perceive things yeah it's it's crazy because i played rugby my whole life so i was always like doing sports i played rugby from i think when i was eight years old until until this day and this always gave me like kind of the strength to to think clear and you know sports has sports has this 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 um has this um, ability? Yeah, sports has this ability to kind of drag you into this hole. So when you do sports, you kind of get passionate about it. You get you get kind of obsessed with it, obsessed with the progress of your body, obsessed with the progress that you've made. And rugby was the first time when I realized that because when I was I think thirteen, fourteen, um, the guys in my team they they didn't want to play anymore, and I still wanted to play. So I trained with the men's team uh, with 14, like and you no know, rugby is a contact sport. Yeah. Um, and I trained with them when I was 14. How old? How, how old was the men's team? About between 23 and 31. There wow. was a big, 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 big range. Um, I was 14, 14 little guy. I mean, I'm. You see, I'm not biggest guy. I was always the more athletic guy, but I knew I wanted to go for it. And I had this. I was thinking about playing rugby every day, and that was this that dedicated my whole lifestyle. So. That was the first time I realized how much of an impact sports has to your mind. And I was always the creative guy. I was always the creative guy. I was always the guy who wanted to do something else and everyone else did. So. Crazy, bro. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm, like just listening to this, I think me and other people that are in the room right now, it's super inspiring. Also seeing like the, the progress you've made in such a short time frame when it comes to sports, when it comes to filming, and also just throwing your goals out there, going from number one. I think everyone in this room knows that it's going to happen within two years. At I least so. we, so. we we wish it for you. Uh, and I think if you keep on going on this this path, there's no other other option than than it working. And just to to round it off, I'm going to ask you the uh, signature success show question, and that would be, <laughs> what what would success mean for you? How how would you describe it? Just being free, without not depending on anyone. Just doing what I want to do every day without you know, holding back for anyone else. And I don't want to have the biggest yard. I don't want to have the biggest house. Of course, I want to have a house some, someday in a nice car, maybe two nice cars. But <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to be the next Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. I just want to be free and be independent in everything I do with anyone I do. Like have a wife, my kids, and just say, all right, let's pack stuff. Let's go to the Bahamas tomorrow. You know, without thinking about money, without thinking about anything else that's what success is for me and knowing that i'm happy with my current situation but yeah that's it 
think you're on the right path, especially the, the last thing you mentioned is important. So, something that we've talked about the whole podcast is ha being happy with your current situation and then always yeah. wanting to reach for more. Yeah. So I think if you can ma maintain that, then uh, you'll get there for sure. Thanks, man. Thanks Thank you for, uh, for, for being here on the podcast. Thank, Thank you for this talk. Me. Thank you for inspiring us. And uh, we're super, super excited to see what the, the future holds, uh, holds up for you. So Me too. <laughs> Me too. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. See ya. I'm the most brutal and efficient and most ruthless champion it's ever been. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! You should be a monster.